Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the DMV Sports Roundtable, filling in for the one and only Dimitri Sotis. I am Chris Chion, joined by my dude Jamal Bowens, who hopefully will be able to get out on the softball field this weekend and crank some bombs like he normally does. Nah, but that's you, man. You the, you the home run getter. I'm just consistently getting on base. Well, we are. I cons- do RBIs. We're consistently getting <laughs> rain, and uh, yeah. we'll see if we are able to get out there. And that's going to transition to, it was raining pucks on Braden Holpe <laughs> last night, my dude, and he was stopping the puck quite a bit. What do you think about the Caps' mental state coming back to D.C.? They're good when they are feeling uncomfortable, but right. now they're in front of their home fans. Well, they, they've got to win at home. It's something they haven't been able to do on a consistent basis throughout these these playoffs. Um I want to say one, one, maybe two wins at home. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not particularly sure. I think maybe one last series, and but you, you have to win at home. I mean, it's good that you split on the road, and and that's great. But I mean, the way Hopi played was, it was sensational. I mean, is it, that last save was it, it? You don't really have words for that. You know, I mean, that's the save of the year, the save of the century, save of a lifetime. I mean, that was that was huge. But I I do think that they're sort of. They're getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can sense a, a sort of confidence. And then they're going to come back to, I mean, the, Capital One's going to be cranked up. Well, here's another question. Should they do in Capital One Arena like they do in Vegas? And do you like all the pregame festivities? No, stuff? that's Jesus. See, I like, I, I like nah, it. No, man, it's too much. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm ready for the puck to drop at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And instead, I'm looking at friggin' medieval times. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, I know it's Vegas. It's over the top. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's what Vegas is about. We're not about that. So you don't think we match it anyway? I don't, I don't, think, you, I don't think you should. You don't have to. Right. I think if, if it was anybody else, any other team, you would just drop the puck. You, you sing the national anthem, our national anthem, Star Spangled Band. You sing the Canadian national anthem. And you drop the puck. But being as though it's Vegas, Vegas does nothing small. They're over the top. And that's the whole allure of the city of Vegas. Mm-hmm. So they have to have this big, grandiose, you know, affair. And I mean, it's their first time here. You know, it's their only franchise. They've got to do it big. So I expected that. But, I mean, the first, first game, okay. I'll let you get away with that. What do you think about... Tom Wilson kind of having a magnifying glass on him. Do you think he should continue his sort of just aggressively hitting guys, yeah. or do you think he should more kind of scale it down? Do you think this team needs Wilson to, to keep it up, even if it does risk him getting in some trouble? I think Tom's got to be smart about it, but don't change the game. Right. The, him being him is what got us here. And if he tries to change his game or, or how he goes about doing his business on the ice – it's going to affect us negatively. He can't play tentative. He can't play. His game is to play loose. He's physical. He's aggressive. If he tries to reel that back, that's going to end up hurting them in, in the long run. So, no, I, I say be smart. Don't Because they're going to try to lure you into stupid penalties. They're going to try to bait him. Like they, they already showed that. Mm-hmm. They'll try to bait him. And the refs are not on his side because of his reputation. He knows that. He's known that every game he's played up to this point. But, no, he, he's got to be smart about it, not get overly emotional. But don't change it. Don't, don't change the game. Absolutely. I mean, Dennis Rodman never changed his game. Yeah, and no. if, he, if, if Dennis Rodman would have reeled it back, I don't think he would have been as effective as he was. So I think if, if you change Tom Wilson's approach in this game, he's not going to be effective, as effective as he should be. 
Well, uh, that, that'll be a good transition here. We're talking about some football here as well. And, and changing the game is not something Alex Smith has done in his own game. He changes the game almost for his wide receivers. I saw a tweet this past week that Alex Smith, it may have been you, that Alex Smith lets his wide receivers make plays, whereas yeah. sort of Kirk Cousins. Uh, See, Kirk didn't have any trust yeah. in his show. Alex Smith Except comes in. Except in Jordan Reed, But right? see, that's the thing. He went to his safety blankets in Jordan Reed and Jamison Crowder and uh, Vernon Davis, but that kind of stunts the growth of Josh Doxson and, and other receivers because if you're just going, you're not getting a chemistry, you don't have that trust. Alex Smith, the beauty of him coming in here is that it's a clean slate with everybody. He doesn't have any prior relationships except with maybe Vernon Davis, but that was years ago mm-hmm. up to this point. So... He's on a clean slate with everybody. He's gaining trust with each and every receiver as the days go by. No one's ahead of this one or that one. He's not picking favorites. He's just trying to get into a rhythm with this entire receiving core. And I think that's going to make a huge difference down the road. You're going to see Docs and uh, you're going to see Jameson Crowder step up. Robert Davis, from what I heard the other day, is looking great. Really? Yeah. I've always been intrigued by him. He tested well in the combine. He does everything that you want him to do. Mm-hmm. And I think he may, I'm going to say breakout, but I, I would like to see him get more opportunities, him and uh, Maurice Harris. And then also Paul Richardson has been, he can be what you're looking for to replace, not replace, but kind of do the same sort of things that Djax did in this offense. And he could be his Tyreek Hill that he was used to leaning on uh, in Kansas City. Yeah, so we were going to have uh, Evan Silva. We'll have him on from Roto World one of these days here. But I brought in some of his rankings that he has for a best ball format. And for those people out there listening to us, best ball fantasy football is Jamal kind of really is the one who almost inspired me to get into best ball because you told me that you were doing mock drafts a lot right, last right, year. Right. And this essentially is you're doing mock drafts. But at the end of the di- at the end of the NFL season, you can get paid out if you win this. You draft, okay. you don't, you set your team, and, and you basically you, you set a lineup every week, but you, you don't. Don't trade. You don't add people. It's your draft that oh. is the most important thing. I can't do that. I, I, I played. I played a waiver wire too much. I tinker. Yeah. I guarantee you, any team that I have will not look the same as it does the day that I drafted them. I stay on the waiver wire. I stay on who's hot. You know, if I if I if it's, there's a, there's a a running back goes down, a starter goes down, I'm picking up his backup. Yeah. I don't necessarily do the handcuff in the draft. I think that's kind of. You're limiting yourself when you do that because you could pick up another talented player from another team instead of handcuffing a starter with his backup. It comes in handy sometimes mm-hmm. because then you, you know sometimes you scramble to get that guy. But I just I play the waiver wire. I, I tinker every week, maybe too much to a fault. Well, sometimes it's too much. That's kind of been the uh, when it comes to best ball. As somebody who's in the fantasy community like myself, that's kind of the knock against it. And I'm I'm curious if it's going to take off kind of like DraftKings and FanDuel has. There's a lot of skepticism at first, but people are starting to get right. on board. But it's it's growing in popularity. But in these rankings, I did not see it. I printed out to 17, number 17, and Alex Smith did not make that list. He's nowhere and, near. And I'm, and I'm a little bit, like, c- curious about that. I mean, would you rather have Jameis Winston on your fantasy team? No, than... he's got Mahomes ahead of him. Right. He's got Philip Rivers ahead of him. He's got well, I'll, I'll give I'll give Goff. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, but like even with Jared Goff though, like you know he has a ton of weapons too. And yeah, I, I guess 
I'm not worried I, you know about what, regression it's fine. at with, this point. With golf, I don't mind him being ranked higher than than Smith just based on the fact that Sean McVay is his uh, offense, his, his, his offense coordinator, his coach, yeah. and calls the plays. I have more faith in what the positions that he can put golf into to be successful like he did last season than actually having that much confidence in Jared Goff. Do I think Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Alex Smith? No. Do I think Phillip Rivers is better than him right now? No. Yeah. Jameis Winston, no. Mahomes, definitely not because yeah. he's unproven. Everybody's singing Garoppolo's praises. I would like to see him for an entire season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was great what he did last, what, five or six games? Went undefeated. Sounds good. But Alex Smith, to me, is proven, tried and true. He's a winner every year. You know, he doesn't make a lot of big, splashy plays, but he doesn't lose you games. No, and what I liked about the Redskins signing of Alex Smith, and I've said this, is you didn't have to take a long-term investment in this guy. I mean, you got him for two years. I mean, if we had Kirk... Say that the wheels started kind of falling off and we have games like that Giants week 17 right. and you're, you're stuck in that. So, I mean, I, I've and Smith been, doesn't do that. He's not yeah. going to put you in those situations. He's not going to throw into double, triple. Right. I think the Dallas game, he threw the, uh, Cousins threw the end zone. It was quadruple coverage. Mm-hmm. Four Dallas defenders. What the hell are you throwing that ball for? <laughs> Smith doesn't do that. He puts me at ease. If it's If we're down a score, let's say we're down, I don't know, just say a touchdown wins it. Fourth quarter, call it a two-minute drill. I have so much more faith that if Alex, when Alex Smith steps on that field, I will be at ease. Mm-hmm. I will have more of a comfort about what's going to happen. When Kirk gets on the field in crunch time and when it's winning time, especially in prime time when, when the spotlights are on, I'm panicked. I don't even want to watch. So he, Kirk Cousins, number 10 on this list. I want to ask you this. Um scenario do you do you really envision that his game will be I mean he's had the completion percentage that has been near the top of the NFL for a couple of years now he looks think- great on paper right I, I give I go by the eye test with Kirk because I that, watch him agree. every single game what, what looks good on paper that's fine pad your stats you know looks great but the intangibles are you there when it's time to win games do you step up in crucial moments I didn't see that from him yeah, and uh, he certainly will have maybe some better options if you consider uh, Adam has, Thielen, Steph Diggs, and he's Kyle got no Rudolph. excuses. Yeah, he's got no excuses. Yeah, absolutely. if he he got in, he got his money, all guaranteed. That's fine. But you have no excuses. That defense, top three possibly, you know, at, at least top five. You got Thielen. You got Diggs. You got uh, who's the tight end? Yeah, it's Kyle Rudolph. You got Rudolph. Yeah, who really then, came on oh, last you, year. You lose McKinnon, but on top of all that, you have a healthy Cook, Dalvin Cook coming back, mm-hmm. who isn't all everything. I'm a little partial because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an FSU fan. Yep. And I, I've seen this kid for, you know, his entire FSU career, and he can do it all. He was playing well. He could have been one of those breakout running backs before he got hurt last season. So he has no excuses if he doesn't win. He's got to win. And if you don't, I don't feel sorry for you because the table is set. Yeah. You know, you're pretty much the last piece that they needed to make a run to the Super Bowl. You know, they were, what, one game away last year. So they feel that he's the piece to do it. Now, he's got to prove it. He has no excuses. What we're doing here, George, is we are discussing some of the fantasy football quarterback rankings, running back rankings, and we had noticed that Alex Smith – 
Um, not even on that list, although I think what? that he not at can, all. Not, I mean, it, I printed out to number 17 because I kind of well, figured that he would have been up there. Where's Cousins? Do you, he ten. is 10. But do you think Alex Smith is not the at least 17th? I would. Oh, I put him in. Are you crazy? And Matt Ryan. Think about Matt Ryan. How many times do you see Matt Ryan? I mean, he's efficient, but have two touchdown passes. I think some of these 190 yards. Some of these, especially you know, on this last page with Mariota and Cousins, some of these are just based on names and resumes. You've got Matt Ryan, as you mentioned, Ben Roethlisberger. By the way, Garoppolo could. You don't know what he's going to do. No, you know nothing about it. Small sample size. Yeah, I give it to him. He looked good. What's he seven games? I think with what six, maybe six. No total in his career. Uh, oh, oh yeah, career seven, right? Yeah, yeah. but he, he won what five straight, some six. Straight, yeah, no, that's like that. fine. That's I mean, great. That, that's, that's, that's nice momentum. But now you have people. Now you have teams that are studying him this whole offseason. Right. And I, like I told Chris earlier, I want to see what he looks like for an entire yeah. season. I, that's a nice little sample size. Sure. Cool. That's fine. Got the potential. But I don't know what what he is long term. Teams that start five and zero can easily finish five and eleven. Yeah, I mean not he's got good. he's got Big Ben on here. He's got Philip Rivers on here. I think those are those are nostalgia picks. Those are names that we're just comfortable with and used to. Mahomes, unproven. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, that, See, that's, I think that's I, the you one. know, and Mariota is okay. I don't I don't think Mariota is better than Alex Smith. No, not from a fantasy standpoint. No. I think Mariota has the, the potential for blow up games. Yes, he can run, but I yeah. always kind of worry about. Uh, his injury history, and maybe we're feeling nostalgic about that game that he had against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. And I do not think Matthew <laughs> Stafford is better than, than Alex Smith. Yeah, he'd Mim. be another question mark on here. By the way, so real quick, have you talked about OTAs? A no. little bit, but not, not really. So here's what I here's, – here's, here's an interesting conversation. We were talking yesterday as they were doing a two-minute drill, you know, in OTAs, and I was talking to – I don't even remember who I was talking to. It's not like I'm hiding it, but I don't remember who I was talking to. And it was somebody talking about how Alex Smith was – down the field, precision, hitting, you know. Mm-hmm. And someone said that's going to be the biggest difference right here between this year and yeah. last year. He, in a, in a two-minute situation like that, yeah. game on the line. We just talked about that. Not comparing those making two. that mistake. Yeah. You know, the game against the Giants in 2016. Does he, he throw that interception it, yeah. in the end zone? Probably, you know, you don't that know. Happen. But you don't, I don't think so either. Like we talked about earlier, because we, we were talking about this just before you walked in. The interception he threw in that early Dallas game. That's what? Yeah. Quadruple coverage yeah. in the end zone. Well, what happened? What was the big first game of the year against Philly? Didn't he make a mistake in that opener? Uh, I was uh, I, that, I was at public in DuPont Circle. So you don't uh, remember anything. You don't remember games. anything. Yeah, no. That, that, <laughs> shots that memory's been erased. Um, bartender there was a uh, friend of yours. Bad, well, no, it was a bad policy. He kept basically trying to get us to buy them and not give them to us. If you're, if you're going to keep pushing shots, you better give them to us for free and not make us buy them. Yeah. But meteorologist Lauren Ricketts uh, paid for a lot. She had, a, she had an expensive yeah. bartender today. But Put I do know that they lost. You're on record now. <laughs> I, do, uh, I do know that uh, they, they lost that game. And, and I just I, I was telling Jamal basically that um, I, I just like that, that there's no long, really long-term commitment here. Two years, yeah, yeah, and then you know you, you keep kind of building, but but you this can, and you can win games, you know. It's, it's not like you. And this is a win now team, right? I think we have to kind of well, say. I think this team can win right now. I think they can win. I don't necessarily think they're in win now mode because they're making moves to sustain for the future. Teams in, in win now mode go out and snatch Des Bryant right now, yeah, or go out and get uh, you know. DeMarco Murray or uh, Adrian Peterson, those are win now mode because you you just you're grabbing for right now, and I don't necessarily lost it. I don't necessarily think that they're doing that right now. Can they win right now? 
if everything falls mm-hmm. into place, yeah, why not? Health is going to be a big thing, as it always is. It's going to be huge. It's Especially be huge. defense, guys. Yeah, I, I would love to see That's this all team Kerrigan have kept a, saying yesterday. And the offensive line. Let's not forget. Yeah. You know, we had a, a skeleton unit, you know, last year. So. They don't even have one now. And, I mean, they can't field a team right now at both offensive line. No, they can't. And, and guard is still an issue. I, I really I don't know what you – you can tell me if you've heard something. I really think that Inseki does start at guard. I probably – I would think I would go with that, yeah. Because I, I would be much – I would rather see what he does because mm-hmm. I already know what Laval does. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to see him, you know, as a starter to, right. to figure out. I already know what he does, but I think the main thing is you have Rulier at center for the first time starting off the season. Mm-hmm. You want to have have two guys beside him that can help him out, right? Because if if, if Scherf and let's say Inseki, they can they can help make his job a lot easier as a young center, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to process too much and he can he doesn't have you know crazy wild snaps and also you know there's a lot that goes into it for a young guy that hasn't played that position for an entire season right at, at this level all right so let's uh i'm sorry that this is a little bit shorter today but i do have to jump out to uh deal with the capitol hill stuff as usual yeah, but hey, listen but we are going to get three minutes of solid quality sound on tonight's NBA Finals Game 1. I'm going to interview you guys and then I'll cut this down and we'll get this on the air. Okay. Three minutes. Quality? You want quality? We want quality. quality. That's why I'm asking the two uh, finest gentlemen in the room. Who is going to emerge in Game 1 and what are your expectations for the series? Actually, let's take a step back real quick. Are you guys happy that this is the fourth year in a row we are getting Cavs and a Golden State Warriors? I mean, Golden State's built for this. Yeah, they're supposed to be there every year. You don't have four all stars and not be in the finals right. every single year. That's what they're supposed to do. And the Cavs have LeBron, and in the East, that's what you're supposed to do. I think you're you supposed to, to be there. I think you have to appreciate it. I mean, you know, all this talk about it being bad. I mean, I don't. Is it bad? No, I, I think you have to appreciate it. these guys earned to get there. What LeBron did in Game Seven? Come on, you got to give him some credit. Well, I mean, and I'm a, I mean, you know, all this talk about Jordan and James and all this other stuff. I mean, I, you know. I've always been a Michael guy, but that's not saying you can't appreciate what LeBron's doing. I like what Kobe said, and and that you don't have you can appreciate each one mm-hmm. without having to tearing down the yeah, other one. Agreed. These are different eras. We yeah. always fall into comparisons. Yeah. Would this team beat this team? Yeah. These, play here? yeah. Are, and who knows? Nobody knows because it, it's never going to happen. The only reason unless you I do would... it on on uh, on NBA Live or right. or you know two K or something. You'll never find out. The only reason I wouldn't want to see this series now, and but again, like you mentioned, LeBron's the X Factor, is because it has a chance to not be competitive. Well, Love's been cleared tonight. He has been cleared, yeah. So Love will play tonight. I don't know how effective he would be. But on the flip side of that, on the second unit, I don't think you – I'll say this. I don't think you're going to see Andre Iguodala at all this entire se- or the series. P- period. Because he's got a bone bruise. And the thing about a bone bruise is it's almost as tricky as having a hamstring injury because – you don't. You can't gauge when that's going to go away. Yeah. You know. You have it until you don't have it anymore. Until one day you wake up and oh, it right. don't hurt no more. Right. Right. So who knows? And and the way they said he's been moving around the last couple of days, he doesn't look anywhere near. And he's a. Fa- I mean, he's the. You he's know, the X factor, which is hilarious because he plays LeBron well. Yeah. He's the X factor on this second unit. But I don't know. Can LeBron will this team against the Warriors who just keep coming from everywhere? I don't. I don't. Think so. I don't think he's got it. I How mean, many games you give him? I give him one. That's what I was going to say. One. I think he wills the team somehow to one. I mean, somehow but I wouldn't one. be surprised if it's a sweep. Well, what well, if he uh, might get two, but I don't know how much. You're asking an awful lot. 
And here's the thing with the NBA. You've seen these guys take games off. All of a sudden, it gets a 20-point game. I hate that. Well, like you know, all of a sudden, in a series, that's a 20-point game. Then you're playing games down to the wire. I mean, it's Well, just... Golden State, see, Golden State, the first half is just uh, formality to them. Because they, they really don't pay attention. They don't. They don't. And then the third quarter. First time in history to win elimination games six and seven when trailing by 10 or more at the half. Yeah. The third quarter is when they, I don't know what type of adjustment they make, what Kerr does. Well, I don't think Kerr does much coaching. That's just me. But they make an adjustment adjustment in the third quarter, and they just turn it on. Mm -hmm. But I think you can't really do that all the time. You know, not if you can do that if LeBron is, is, is dominating, which he probably will. But at the same time, if some of those guys wake up, Love wakes up, J.R. Smith gets some shots to go down, Corbin wakes up, you saw Jeff Green come out of nowhere, yeah. you know, the other night. If they have, like Shaq calls them, the others. If the others come along for the ride, then Golden State can't cruise, you Correct. know, be in cruise control right. for, the, for the first half. They got to wake up. But the problem is this. What Boston didn't have, they did not, Kyrie's out, they did not have that superstar mm -hmm. to counteract what LeBron does. When LeBron goes into his domination mode, mm -hmm. now Golden State has three. I'm not going to put Draymond in that because he's not no. he's in a superstar mode. No, I agree. But you have Durant can counteract that. Steph can counteract that. Uh, just blanked on his name. Nick Young. No. <laughs> Swaggy P. No, 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 uh -huh. no, no. Clay. Clay Thompson, can yeah. Clay yeah. Thompson can counteract that. So when. <laughs> LeBron goes into his, he puts on his Superman cape and goes right. into his domination mode. Boston had no one that could answer that. No, and that's true. But you have guys, three guys, superstars in their own right that can counteract that. And if the others don't come along in Cleveland, then it's it's, it's a done deal. I think tonight's a 12-point game. There's nothing. You know what I noticed in the last series with Golden State? You, there's nothing you can even do to try and contain Kevin Durant. He can hit a jump shot in your face when the hand is right yeah. there from pretty much anywhere on the court. I think it's a know, seven foot guard. Uh, but you know what's funny about this though? If he, now that he's on this team, and I, I caught myself thinking about this in the last series, he's just like he's just one of them. Like he's yeah. just one of the five. Like he's not yeah. the star that he is. On but that they, see, that's and it's good that they have that. But the one detriment is that. When it comes, LeBron, LeBron is the one that takes the last shot. He is the one yeah. that is in control. Those three kind of look at each other like, Steph, you want to shoot it? You want it yeah. Clay, you want to shoot it? Yeah. Right. KD, you want to shoot it? N none of the three, and that's just their personalities. Yeah. But one of them is going to have to step out and say, okay, this is my ball. Right. And they're going to have to take over that way. They do a lot of deferring, and sometimes you get in a situation late in the game, you can't defer. Yeah. One of you has to be the alpha male and take over and, and take the last shot or or bring the ball up and set up the last shot to you know to, to win the game. So I, I just think you've asked so much of LeBron. I just don't he's carried him this far and it's, it's been tremendous. Yep. You know, I haven't seen many players, if any, carry a team to this point. Yeah. But I just don't think he has. He's going to run out of it. Gonna He's going to run out of gas. All Superman right, so let's get is, the yeah. uh, official predictions for the series, gentlemen. Who wins and how many games? I got Golden State. Uh, five to one. Four to one. Four to one. Scratch that. No problem. I got Golden State four games to I'm one. I'm going five games, too. 
What are you doing? I am going to go with Golden State winning in six games. I think LeBron does will them twice. Okay. Because they don't take a lot. Really, yeah. I just think it comes down to three-point shooting. We've seen in a lot of these games in the playoffs, just a lot of these teams chucking it up. And yeah. who knows? Maybe that Golden State gets cold one of these games. Which is possible. And J.R. Smith gets hot from the outside, but and LeBron see, does too. This, this is the thing, though. This is the X factor when it comes to the three-point shooting. That's why I thought that no matter who won the Houston Golden State series, Cleveland wouldn't have an answer because you have two teams that shoot threes at a very high clip. Sometimes they're, they're cold. Houston as, as, didn't as do it said. too well. Sometimes they're cold, as, but when they're hot, yeah. there's nothing you can do about right. it. And the problem with that is when I said when you know LeBron gets in his mode, you have superstars that counteract him. Problem is Cleveland does not have shooters, consistent shooters, to counteract when Steph is pulling up from halfway between midcourt right. and the three-point line. You know, he's shooting one foot fading away, right. you know, on the baseline for three when Clay's pulling up from, you know, the concession stand. Right. You know, these guys start pulling up from the parking lot and knocking them down. There was nobody, not Cal Corver, not J.R. Smith, not LeBron himself, that is going to be, be able to answer them when they get hot. And they will get hot. Yeah. Because they've shown they, get, they were very cold in, in many first halves against Houston. And, you know, found themselves down 17 at one point. Mm -hmm. But when they catch fire, and Houston is a team that can match threes with them. So, you know, they could kind of counteract that. This lead will balloon very quickly because you can't match for simple, you know, mathematics. You can't match twos with with threes. You can't go tit for tat. They're shooting threes. You're shooting layups. It doesn't work that way. So their lack of three-point shooting – is really probably going to be the Achilles heel because we know Golden State, no matter how cold they might get, all they need is a good span of about five minutes. And then next thing you know, you're down 30. Changes everything. There you go. All right, on that note, uh, and a little shortened, shortened version of DMV Sports Roundtable, joined by WTOP Sports Director George Wallace and Jamal Bowens, who just knows more about the Redskins than anybody yeah. I know besides <laughs> George. These two guys no, continue uh, to yeah. educate me on a weekly Basis. Thank you both for uh, joining me. All right. Good show, Chris.